All right, on this very late episode of High TV, we're going to be talking about cannabis studies. Now, as you guys have seen throughout the week, we have uploaded about two studies. However, it's the reaction to the study is what I want to talk about. Now, the first study we uploaded was generally about how uh, cannabis affects teenage brain development. Now, it's always been theorized that, you know, cancer kill brain cells. And it's because that study was done in order to defame cannabis. It was order, it was in order to make cannabis look worse than it is. And the way that study was conducted was it literally got monkeys, right? And they got cannabis. They had a tube that was connected to the cannabis. And you know those little gas masks you would use, let's say if you're on an airplane. Imagine a contraption like that, right? So they retrofitted these monkeys with these masks that had a tube attached to it that led towards, you know, cannabis burning and they left it there. Now, because of the way they conducted the study, the monkeys literally had barely any oxygen to breathe. Like legit, they were suffocating. And because they were suffocating, it caused their brain cells to die. And ever since then, it was concluded that cannabis causes brain cells to die. And that was what was used during the D.A.R.E. programs, the, you know, Live Above the Influence, you know, a long line of anti-drug commercials. And the funniest thing about it is all these anti-weed commercials back in the 90s and the 2000s were all paid for by alcohol and big pharma and the liquor companies i mean it's 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 hilarious i mean it's it's an anti-commercial to draw you towards another vice that would feed them but in any way now that we have cannabis that are uh legal statewide and legal about to be in a week in canada federally and also medicinally in other states we can now have more cannabis studies happening the reason why a lot of cannabis studies didn't happen is because it was illegal on a vast scale you have Colorado that's been legal for a few years. You have California that's fully legal for about a, almost a year now. And now it's, we're heading towards October. And we're going to be seeing a lot more studies come out. Now, I've seen a lot of people on my page saying, oh, this study was funded by Big Pharma. Or this study was uh, funded by the Big Liquor. Or this is a fake study. Or show me the link. Let me read it myself. And here's the thing, though, folks. Yes, cannabis is a miracle plant. It can heal. It is a healing plant and is all about improving our quality of life from what I've seen. However, not all things are perfect. It's not a God plant. It's not it's not a a, a perfect plant. It can't be. And the way that we have grown cannabis throughout the years have led to its imperfection now naturally i know you know like back then when you know uh, older adults people like gen x's or baby boom, baby boomers may say something of the lines of oh the weed back in my day it was it was much calmer it, was, it wasn't so strong i can't do this strong stuff give me give me the chill stuff and the reason why they wanted the chill stuff is because the average percentage of, of thc back then was like what three to eight percent like three to eight percent is pretty freaking low. I mean, that's dirt compared to today. And if you see the pictures, the pictures match what exactly we're saying, where it's low, low percentage THC. Now, the reason why the THC was so low is because naturally in the plant, the cannabinoids have a balance. And this balance is the CBD, THC, along with the other cannabinoids. Now, due to its illegality, or am I saying the word right? Due to its uh, 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 illegal nature, it's caused people to grow the plant in order to facilitate the demand. And the demand for the plant wasn't as a healing object. It wasn't a demand for the plant, you know, to treat anything. I mean, of course, some people still use it for glaucoma and cancer way back when, before it was really vastly known. But... Largely, those who grew marijuana grew marijuana for higher THC content because the higher you got was the better the plant 
it was. You know, it was that gas. It was that hydro, that endo. That's where you saw strains like Sour Diesel come out. OG Kush, which was a popular, popular strain back then in L.A. and California and probably around the world. You know, then we see Girl Scout, it advanced the Girl Scout cookies. What I'm really saying here is do you, when, when there's a prohibition, right, there's always going to be a need for stronger and, 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 and longer lasting high. Right. That's where you have alcohol. When alcohol had its prohibition, what happened to it? We had moonshine. That's how people was drinking their their liquor. Right. They were getting moonshine, I guess, mixing it with other drinks. And then that's how they were getting drunk. When it comes to marijuana, we boosted THC levels all the way up to like 35 percent, 30 percent, high 20 percent, 20 percent. And we're seeing the highest THC levels we've ever seen before. However, what I'm getting at here is in relation to the teen study. Cannabis is meant in my eyes to balance the body so in itself cannabis should be balanced in order to do that job when we see thc by itself let's say we're doing a dab let's say we're doing you know a distillate or anything like that, of that nature it has a higher propensity to oxidize brain cells because thc itself you know of course thc has all these magical properties however there are some properties that could be plausibly damaging to the brain not in the way in the monkey study where you know the brain cells are literally suffocating they're dying but an alteration in how the nerves are reacting because what happens is when you're when you're you know under the influence of cannabis under the influence of cannabis when you're medicated excuse me uh you're getting an influx of these dopamines receptors right and once you have an influx of dopamine receptors it's going to alter the brain chemistry right and then there's a lot of other things that could also occur under the state of being medicated especially if you're only taking in uh an isolated form of thc now that's why a lot of patients say i feel much more relief when i smoke cannabis rather than when i just take this distillate for instance here in florida our laws are kind of backwards okay we have some of the some of the folks uh, uh in florida who are big money connected to big pharma of course because you know all their tirees are here so there's a lot of big money in healthcare, and the government pays for insurance for some of these people so it's automatic money so with that being said they did not want the smokable form of the plant here they're probably probably a little bit conservative and maybe they know through the studies that smokable is the best way to receive medicine and so these patients here in Florida are advocating for the fact that they have smokable cannabis because that's how they feel relief. And the reason why I believe, in my personal opinion, you know, putting it out there, why they, I think they feel relief is due to the fact that you are receiving much more cannabinoids than when you're taking just a distillate. When you're taking only a distillate where they say you can get full spectrum with all of the cannabinoids, which is possible. But for the most part, people are making THC only distillate and they're they're getting relief. You know, they're getting some pain relief. They're feeling good. You know, they're 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 probably mentally relaxed. They're getting their sleep. However, in a plant that's meant for homeostasis, it has to be balanced itself. And a plant, it might not be balanced, but the fact that other terpenes are there and other cannabinoids are there are going to add to a much better experience and a much better meditative and a medicative experience. So what I'm getting at here, folks, is don't just look at the cannabis study and say, oh, cannabis is worse than alcohol for teens. I mean, it's a headline. All right. When you actually read the story, you see exactly what they did. They just did, they just did tests on these teens starting from when I, I forgot what age it was when they were when they, when they were teenagers. Right. And the test basically concluded in saying that their test scores were slightly worse, not much worse 
not largely worse, but slightly worse than those who did alcohol. And we all, we both know that alcohol is much more damaging to the human race than it is cannabis, no matter what age you are, where there's a lot of girls who have been taken advantage of because of alcohol. There's a lot of guys who have gotten into accidents and maybe even taken advantage of themselves under alcohol, have gotten angry and started fighting. I mean, we know that alcohol is a destruction of a nation and cannabis is the healing, as Mr. Bob Marley would say. Hope I didn't butcher that quote. But the, the, the fact is, not all cannabis studies are going to match your philosophies and your thoughts. They're, they're, they're research. They're meant to be peer-reviewed. Peer uh, and, and, and once they're redone and the, the evidence becomes inconclusive, then the experiment doesn't really have much merit because they have to change the experiment before they make these claims again. That's, that's what happens, folks. So don't get mad at these cannabis studies. Cannabis studies are meant to help. They're meant to legitimize the plant. Because so far, if you ask anybody who is a cannabis smoker, they're going to tell you all this science and all this mumbo jumbo who maybe they don't fully understand or they have knowledge of because they've been apart for so long. However, we live in a society that kind of respects only those who come from an academic field. So once the those from academia are now looking into cannabis, doing the studies, doing the science, and they're coming out with evidence where it be positive saying like one other study we posted. That where there is legalization, there's not an increase in, you know, weed addiction. There's not an increase of cannabis disorder, right? And there's a decrease in teen usage. So all that study proves is that we should legalize and regulate cannabis. Now, there's those of you out there that says if we live in a free state, we shouldn't legalize a plant. We shouldn't regulate a plant because it's a plant. We should be able to grow in our garden like we do mint or any other herb. However, it's not any other plant. And we know that because when we grow herbs or we grow oranges or mangoes, or if you're in Florida, you grow all these other stuff in the backyard, you realize that those are food, right? And those foods serve one purpose. When it comes to cannabis, cannabis serves a wider way of purpose. And it's a much, much more valuable plant. Now, I would personally love to live in a state where I can be able to grow cannabis in my backyard and be unaffected. I don't have to go to a dispensary and I can make my own products. And that could be even a big industry in the future, right? Home brewing is something that people do now where they brew their own beer, their own wine, their own mead, which is like an alcohol form from honey that the you know sweet life and zach and cody kids are making themselves go figure he would have known that the disney characters are going going on to make an alcoholic beverage made of honey anyway that's a tangent but the point is uh i personally understand why it's regulated because it's such a valuable commodity when you have such a valuable commodity such as cbd now that has blown up and become an industry literally out of nowhere in the past two years we've seen something go from you know an obscurity in the cannabis weird world where some people take cbd for its benefits but it wasn't really widely known however now that cannabis is in the public eye we're seeing it jump towards a one billion dollar market and that's where we have to see some type of regulation come because there's individuals who will give you fake cannabinoids made from spice or k2 and tell you it's cbd because it's quote-unquote legal but yet you're getting high from it diamond stop that bullshit but uh the point is oh yeah another thing i want to mention to you guys there's an episode i did uh before that was uploaded i think it's called episode 101 it was discussing some things that were going on personally and some people were hitting me up saying am i all right everything okay you know i was cursing a bit more i was being much more vulgar but uh understand this you know i this is one of two podcasts that i'm on right and the second one is kind of a podcast and network i'm working toward where i want to talk to a certain you know demographic 
and give them much more of a personal story to connect to. While this one is more of the overreach of the cannabis, hemp, and CBD industry, I'm going to give you guys a news update and my opinions because it's, it's, it's a growing industry. We all have ideas. We all have thoughts. And I just love sharing them with the world, you know, and, and, and I know it's information that I love reading and I love hearing. So why not share it with you guys so you guys can also be in the loop? You know, when you're at work, you're at the water cooler, you can be informed because, you know, Hemp International is able to give you guys the necessary info before anyone else has. Now, there's, of course, others on Instagram do the same thing, like Beard Bros is doing great, um, High Times Magazine. But, you know, we're making our own little, you know, pocket in the industry and, and we're happy with that pocket. However, for those of you that felt offended by listening to that episode that has, that is now deleted, episode one-on-one. I uh, apologize. I apologize for offending you on the episode. I apologize for being so vulgar on the episode. And I apologize for, you know, really uploading the podcast to the wrong outlet. You know, there's different distribution outlets for different podcast uh, accounts. And this one went to the wrong side. So if any of you guys heard that, you know, you heard what happened. You know, in that podcast, I kind of like to be funny, vulgar, because I realize in society, uh, the social the normal social thing to do is to be as unoffensive and as obtrusive unobtrusive to others right you're 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 not obstruction you're not pushing the boundaries you're just staying there in this nice pc culture and i realize that there's now a lack or demand for something that isn't pc culture that's why we see someone that's our president today it's all a reaction towards people wanting not the status quo and the status quo is to sit down with your fingers crossed and don't say a curse word don't say anything inflammatory and just behave yourself now, when you see someone that misbehaves themselves regularly, you're going to have people out there that's going to champion that behavior. Now, I'm not saying I'm looking up to this guy, 45, I don't even call him by his name, but the point is I see where there's a demand, right? Everything's about supply and demand. So the podcast is in order to get out opinions from different demographics that might not be this status quo and everything. I'm not going to really public plug it here because two different audiences and, uh, you know, just want to keep things separate, you know, church and state. So, so the point is, uh, back to what I was saying, yeah, cannabis studies are meant to uh, legitimize what we're doing, who we are, and what we enjoy. So the more studies that come out, folks, is the more legitimate your cannabis will be. It's the more freedom you will get. The fact that Canada is now legalizing will now mean there's going to be studies coming out every other month. I may be exaggerating, but... It will happen. Canada is now the breeding grounds to see how a government can now act towards illegal plant. That's why so many of these big businesses are the biggest cannabis businesses on the West Coast or, or in the world, rather, are from Canada it's because Canada now allows, you know, the, the, the corporate taxes to be, you know, at a level playing field where you get certain regulations, where you get government grants because you're a small business and all these other things are coming to play. And there's a fear. Uh, another post I did was about how Canada may be dominating the cannabis industry because they're getting this head start. And they think that because they're getting this head start, they're going to be dominant when it comes to mass productions. There's people who have, you know, a million acres. No, it's not a million acres. I lied. There's no way in no way in hell. Not a million acres. Uh, there's a million dollar grow operations popping up left and right all over you know, Canada and these large, large corporations are getting larger, larger and larger. I mean, imagine an airplane hangar, folks, an airplane hangar filled with nothing but cannabis. Right. And they're thinking about doing two things where they're not just growing cannabis on the ground floor, but they're making two levels so they can grow cannabis on two levels of the airplane hangar. Maddening stuff. 
All that means, folks, is the future of cannabis is going to be lower uh, cost per gram for the company. So it's going to mean a lower cost per gram for the customer. So, yes, Canada is going to dominate for the first few years, but they're not going to dominate all the way through. I think that uh, when it comes to the United States, the United States has a unique ability. I don't know what it is, but the United States as a country produces global brands. This is where I kind of go into business here. China, as you know, is one of the mass producers of products in the world, right? They are like the country form of Amazon, as Scott Galloway would like to say, where they produce cheap labor, cheap products, and a lot of it. That's where you can see knockoffs of like Nikes and other expensive items there because they're all made in China because it's cheap, cheap, cheap. However, because of this, China does not have an ability to produce a global brand. I mean, Japan, who is right close, is very well close to China, has created global brands in the form of their cars, in the form of Sony. To sh- I mean, they're everywhere, right? But United States is now dominant when it comes to global brands. You know, absolutely dominant. McDonald's is a great example of a global brand where it's literally everywhere. Uber is now a brand. I mean, clothing brands, anything you can name of is a, the movies, you know, Marvel, Disney is now a brand that could be seen all over the world. So the point, what I'm getting at here is Canada may be dominant when it comes to mass productions because they have an early start. However, in business, you always learn that the first adopter is not always the most successful. The Apple iPod was not the first MP3. The Apple iPhone, in my opinion, was not even the first touchscreen. PDAs were the first touchscreen, technically. Amazon was not the first massive retail sites. And Google was not the first search engine. So what's happening, folks, is they're the first. But they may be a martyr to the cause of global cannabis legalization. Because I believe the United States are well far ahead when it comes to techniques, genetics, and all these things that it takes to, be, to create great cannabis. Without great genetics and a great technique and great knowledge you know, of, of what you're doing, you cannot produce the greatest extracts or the greatest products. You can say, hey, Coca-Cola, we're going to make some CBD drink. But if you're not creating the best CBD, the greatest quality, you're not going to really have the best product. And I guarantee you Coca-Cola is going to get sales, but... I don't think they're going to dominate. And I think what's going to really happen is you're going to see these beer companies who did not buy into these Canadian companies say, all right, well, our tails are between our asses. I'm sorry. Our tails are tucked between our legs like a scared dog. And we made a mistake. Now we got to buy up and make acquisitions left and right. So just look out for a lot of the acquisitions to happen in the future. But like I'm saying, folks, Canada is going to dominate for the first few years. I agree. However, I think America is going to take the tide where we have the best branding. Look at uh, Burner and Cookies and Connected Brand. Connected has done something in the West Coast that might not be able to be seen here, here on the East Coast, but it's respected because of the Internet, where they create their own strains. They create their own branding. And now you have Savinsky. Now you have Connected and you have other brands that are building in the cannabis industry that are hopes to go global. So uh, don't lesson here folks is don't fear cannabis studies they're here to legitimize excuse me and take in information if you have a child you don't want your child smoking cannabis i mean i can see the argument of having cbd as a possible research study to see how does cbd affect teenagers because it's non-psychoactive it might not have a negative effect on the brain and you know that may or may not be true because in the study it said that the cannabinoids Induction of cannabinoids is what damages the brain and not necessarily THC. I took it as THC because I know the THC is an oxidative agent and that 
CBD offsets that oxidation by protecting the neurons, right? We have these things on, on our neurons called the myelin sheath. I'm probably saying it wrong, but basically imagine it's like a protective coat on your, you know, you ever see like you have a lot of cables, right? Or a lot of wires when you cut into your uh, cable and you see like a bunch of copper, one color wire, one metal, one other metallic wire. That's all done and protected by the little plastic that's all on top of it, right? That's kind of what happens on our neurons where we have these cells that need, need, need protection and that protection causes the signal to move much faster. The CBD or CBD rather causes the protection of these cells, which means it protects it from degradation and it prevents, you know, or deters early onset, early Alzheimer's from coming on. It also detects or prevents dementia from coming on, PTSD from seeing, you know, benefit effects after a few months. The list goes on and on. So I can see an argument for saying that CBD can actually help students. I mean, I was on record in saying in a very, very early episode of High TV that, listen, I think that these school shootings happen because there are a lack of mental health in schools. And I believe that these children are mentally unhealthy and that CBD can help these children become at least mentally a bit better than they were before. Because as we know, CBD helps with psychosis. And I believe if you're going to shoot up a whole school and cause massive violence, your insecurities, your anger, your lack of self-worth, your lack of self-confidence and self-esteem is is to the utmost degree and has entered the levels of psychosis. That's the only way we can commit mass murder. Come on, people. That's that's crazy. And in order to protect crazy, CBD helps crazy. Okay? Studies have gone out saying that CBD has helped psychosis, and I think that'd be a good study to do. However, like I said before... I believe THC, I mean, all cannabis should be in full spectrum all the way, uh, smokable cannabis all the way. I like to vape my cannabis also to get my terpenes and everything like that. And I think that's the best way to medicate. So all you guys out there who, you know, are anti-cannabis studies, think it's the man coming to mess up this cannabis plant, maybe you're right. Maybe it was funded by alcohol. I don't know. But personally, I see this as a, as a way to legitimize what we are doing. I'm sure if you look at something like alcohol, which is not a positive, but it is a, something that exists in our in our world that is free and able to indulge as long as you're the, the correct age. Uh, you can see studies out, studies out the wazoo about alcohol, beer, and all these other things. So we want the same thing for cannabis. That's how we know it's safe. That's how we know what's safe, what's unsafe. That's how you know what you're putting in your bodies is beneficial or harmful. Okay, so uh, this is high TV. This is not cannabis news now. This is more of a rant discussion, but I'm going to put in the cannabis news now section because it kind of fits. I kind of talked about three stories that uh, was posted on Instagram, kind of gave you guys a deeper insight into my thoughts on it. And basically, you know, what else is going on? And I hope you guys enjoy, you know, like I I said before, this episode is a little bit late. But uh, I think you, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while now, I think you're kind of used to it. You know, you just know that when I upload, I upload and there's other episodes to follow. So that being said, stay tuned and stay high, folks. High TV.